Celebrating our connection with our pets. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And who's this? This is Dave Harrison. Hey Dave, how you doing? Alright, just going down the highway. Where? Uh, we're on 15, going, heading north to Ohio here on California. We're in California right now. Oh, very good, very good. Drive carefully. Do you have any pets with you? No, we used to, but we had to finally, we had a Sheldy for 11 years, and then lungs kept filling up, and the, they drained him three or four times, and the vet said that was enough. We had to put him down. Uh-huh. Mm. Mm. But anyway, we got a cat now, first cat I ever had in my life. Uh-huh. How's that working out? Uh, uh, pardon me? How's that working out? Well, it's it's doing fine. Uh, uh, I ended up cutting a hole in my garage door doing one of those deals, and I felt <laughs> sorry for him, and now he's living like a king. You mean he was a feral cat? He just uh, one of those neighborhood cats that made you dad? Uh, yeah, well, I took him to the vets. I thought he was pregnant because he was kind of fat. You know, of course, it's in the winter. Uh-huh. And... and and I thought it was, you know, I thought we were going to have kittens. I felt sorry. I took him to the vets. I had gloves on and the whole deal because he's a big cat. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'd like a mountain lion or something, you know. Uh-huh. So anyway, I take him in there and the lady laughs at me and says, oh, that's a lap cat. You know, she gets him out and the thing just sits there and he don't move. <laughs> uh-huh. And I said, well, I think it's pregnant. And she says, no, it's neutered. It's not pregnant. Well, it neutered. Yeah, so somebody must have just dropped him off, had to move, I don't know. So anyway, uh, you know, I, I had him checked, but should I have him uh, wormed? I mean, I, I took him in, and they scoped, they did they did that thing to make sure it wasn't a lost cat. They uh-huh. couldn't find nothing there, because if it was neutered, it must have been taken care of at one time. It, they said probably, I think he said two years old or uh-huh. something like that, but... Uh, he eats everything outside that moves. Ah, eats and everything. It's, uh, it's like any rabbits, you name it, it moves. There ain't nothing out there no more. You know, he's a neighborhood <laughs> watchdog or something. It eats, you know what I mean? It's a uh-huh. cat, you know. But I was kind of wondering about worms. Now, I had him dewormed, and I had a rabies shot done to him. Uh-huh. Should I do that every six months or what? You know what? You should check with your veterinarian because of the area you live in. Um, there's different areas have different types of things going on. Your vet can tell you what's best recommended for the cat in your area and tell you how often it needs to be done. But it is something that you might want to consider getting done if your if your cat is exposed to that. Definitely. Well, I I like we're gone three days a week. I let you know I'm going down a hill. Hope I don't lose you. Uh huh. But. Uh, uh, you know, and I just, I, I end up cut a hole in a brand, brand new garage door. And, you know, everybody, <laughs> neighbors think I'm crazy, but I thought, well, I'm not going to leave it a half open in the winter, you know. Yeah. I think you did but, a good thing there. But he's got all the food and the water and all the good stuff he needs in the bed. He's got it made, but I was kind of, he's kind of thin right now. Why is he so thin when he's eating so good? Do you think he might have worms or something? Or? Because he's so thin is what you're saying? You yeah. think he might have worms? Yeah. Cats, especially outdoor cats, tend to bulk up during the winter, and then in the summer they thin down, and then the winter they bulk up again. Yeah, there there, there is a big noticeable difference between the seasons, but if it's Mm -hmm. a big difference, if it's a major difference, then I would uh, go into the vet and just make sure that he's okay. I was going to take him in Tuesday, I guess, when I get get in and 
have him checked maybe like every six months. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I told the neighbors, if the thing's going to hang around, I'll take care of him. And, you know, he takes care of everything around the house and the neighbor's house. And, you know, I don't want some kid get scratched or something by him. But mm-hmm. Well, we need more people strange. like you, Dave. <laughs> I don't know. Tear up a new garage door. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it ain't bad, really. It's a lot easier than a dog. I couldn't believe it. It's like I let him do his thing. He comes around when he wants, you know, which is when we're home. Uh-huh. He sits here by the by the door, you know. So we have a when new he, convert. This thing's got like five fingernails. Is that normal or is, is four normal? Five's normal. Five's normal, and even there's there's some that have, what, six? Six to seven to... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like about the right amount. Just make sure there's no opposable digits, you know, like, like a thumb and a finger, then you're in trouble. Uh, then you're in trouble. <laughs> you know what? That's another thing. He, this thing even eats bugs. Yeah. Oh, they love bugs. Don't knock lot, it till you try it, Dave. A lot of protein there. Oh, is that right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And we learned earlier that you can actually get your dog to yawn by yawning yourself. It's uh, <laughs> research. It's right here on this piece of paper, so it must be true. one 405 8405 I'd love to know about your yawning animals. In fact, if you want to want to take pictures of them yawning and maybe you yawning and them yawning. you two yawning together and go ahead and send them to us you're making me yawn over here uh, all the addresses information at animalradio.com by the way i really encourage you if you haven't yet to visit animalradio.com we've actually hooked it up so that every time you visit animalradio.com it pets the studio cat. There's a little <laughs> arm that comes out of the computer, uh-huh. and it pets the studio cat. And uh, so uh, you're, you're actually petting a cat every time you visit the Animal Radio website. True fact there. <laughs> Dr. Deb, now last week you mentioned, actually a caller called in and mentioned that they're feeding their animal uh, Old Roy. And we've always said here at Animal Radio that anything you could get in a grocery store or a department store or a, a store or chain store like Walmart... Uh, probably is not a good food. Would you generally agree? What do you feed your pets? Well, definitely, when I mentioned the old Roy comment, I never imagined so many people weren't aware of that. And that, yeah, grocery store foods or foods that are just sold through different retail things outside of a pet store, the quality isn't always there. And sometimes it really falls back on you get what you pay for, and, and nobody likes to hear that because everyone's budget conscious, but it, it really is true, and I personally feed my dogs um, Science Diet, um, the senior variety of the pet food. Now, are you I'm one of those, believer in it. Are you one of those vets who walk into the office and you'll see a display of Science Diet food? You know, not necessarily. I I I do carry um, prescription brands. Mm-hmm. So those foods that are designed for, say, a pet with kidney disease mm-hmm. or a diabetic dog. But I don't sell just regular dog cat food. That's not my thing, and you know I'm not there to promote that. My goal is to focus on those diets that are for medical problem. But you know I have no problem telling people when they tell me what food they're feeding if it's if it's going the wrong way, and, and I'll definitely do so. Now, there are so many foods out there. What should we We'd be looking for to select a good food to decide for ourselves whether or not this food is good or if it's just a bad food. Well, there's a couple different things, and when you look at the actual bag of dog food, it should have an AAFCO 
a signature of approval, and that means that it's gone through um, nutritional testing. And even better than that, if you can find out, if you read the bag and it said the food's been um, gone through some food trials, that means they've actually had to feed some animals that food and make sure that they don't get sick um, because you don't want your pet to be that guinea pig with that organic diet that's you know promoted by the, the latest celebrity out there. You want to make sure your pet's going to be healthy. So those are some assurances. We'll post that information at AnimalRadio.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. one 405 It's Animal Radio. Welcome back. Celebrating our connection with our pets as we do every week. We're lucky here because we actually get to uh, bring our pets to work. Of course, if you work in an animal, animal environment, an animal business, you probably do get to bring your pets to work. But mm-hmm. now there are other companies that are, uh, are allowing pets to come in because they feel that, I guess, it's a, it's a less stressful environment. They're, they're looking at people like us, companies like, oh, they're saying animal radio. <laughs> Why are they so calm around there? It must be that they have pets around there all the time. Will this work where you are? If you're the boss, you might want to think about this. A yeah, morale booster for your employees. Calm them. They actually might be more productive. I decided we should get an expert on the phone. Kira Vermont is joining us. Hi, Kira. How are you doing? I'm fine. How are you doing? Very good. Now, does the pet situation in the workplace always work out? Well, there's a lot of things you want to be looking at. There are pros and cons for everything, of course. And what, first of all, what I realized um, when I've been doing my own research on this is that a lot of companies are actually letting the dogs and cats and fish even into their workplaces. Um, I'm seeing one in five companies actually allow it, and sometimes I'm seeing even in, in some studies uh, 30%. But the good things, the good things that you want to look out for when you're having um, dogs specifically because they tend to be the most uh, popular pets in the workplace, um, they are proven to alleviate stress, and I can say that uh, that in my own personal experience this does happen. My accountant has a fantastic dog, Martha, who hangs out in the waiting room. And I have to say, when you're getting ready for your taxes and doing your taxes with uh, with the accountant, Martha is the person or the, the dog that you want to have <laughs> beside you. Um, the other things that are good about it, yes, you're right, um, they do make for more relaxed workplaces, and they also provide employee bonding. I mean, even if you have a fish in your office, if you've got one on your desk, people are always coming by to say hi to your fish and, and, and feed the fish, and, and there's some wonderful opportunities to, to chat with, your, um, with the, your, your colleagues and your employees. What do you say to the curmudgeon bosses that say, uh, you know, I'm afraid they're going to spend too much time with their dog instead of working? Well, you know what? Actually, it goes the other way from what I, from what I understand. Absenteeism actually goes down when you're allowing dogs or cats or, wow. or other animals in the office because you're much less likely, your employees are much less likely to have to rush home at 5 o'clock to mm. feed their dog or to take your dog for a walk. Mm, okay. You say 30%, as in some places, 30% of businesses are allowing animals in. Uh, what kind of businesses are these? Are they uh, like uh, well, technology businesses? Blue-collar, white-collar? Yeah, what I'm noticing most are uh, smaller employers. I mean, mostly the entrepreneurial folks that uh, have maybe like 20, 30, 40 employees in their office, because that's much, much easier to deal with. If you have 200 employees in your office, there's a good chance a couple of them will either be afraid of dogs or uh. cats, or they'll be allergic. And so if you only have 20, chances are you won't have one or two people in there. Now, if you've ever 
ever met some of my former bosses, Mr. Skidmark comes to mind right now. He would say, okay, Bob has a very, very nice dog. Uh, Bill has a really mean pit bull. How do I say, Bob, you can bring your dog in, Bill, you can't? And, and what do you do in that kind of situation? And in that situation, I mean, it's true. I mean, you can't allow every animal to come into a workplace. Many workplaces actually have um, a standard sort of a three-bite-and-you're-out policy. Well, they no. don't let them bite. But uh, three strikes and you're out. So if they're too loud, let's say you're, you're trying to do um, an interview or you're trying to get some work done and the dog or the cat is really loud, well, that might be one strike against them. Um, or else they're at the bit or they are messing up the place. I mean, you can't, not all animals are actually appropriate for the workplace. Is there a website, Kira, that uh, has more information? Do you have a website? Well, I have, what I do is I write a, a column called Weekend Workout for the Globe and Mail up here in Canada, okay. and I take a very specific workplace-related um, topic, and I give it a workout. And this case, a couple of weeks ago, it was about taking dogs and cats to work. You can go to globeandmail.ca and get more information, um, or I'm sure there are other ones. There are, let's see, there was the American Pet Products Manufacturers Association. I know they have a little bit of information on this as well. Okay. I want to know why Take Your Cat to Work Day hasn't caught on. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is that uh, cartoon floating around with the cat sitting on the keyboard, and I have to say that is usually what happens in yeah. our house. Yeah, you, you wouldn't get any work done. No, no not at all. Okay, very good. Kira, we, we thank you very much for joining us today. Let us know if you bring your animals to work, one 405 I know many of you that are listening right now drive with your animals all the time. And if you want someone to talk to your boss about bringing animals to work, call Hal and let him call your boss and try to convince him. I don't know if that'll, if that'll help or hinder the process. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hey, this is Sean Hayes on Animal Radio. Remember to spay and neuter your pets. Remember, the advice you hear on today's show is for entertainment purposes only. Please be sure to consult your own vet regarding your pet. Have you been dreaming of that special career that not only offers you great financial rewards, but is also really fun? You've found it. Pet Sitting is becoming one of the fastest growing home-based businesses in the country today. NAPS, the National Association of Professional Pet Sitters, can help you achieve that dream. NAPS will provide you with the education and tools you need just by visiting www.petsitters.org. That's NAPS at www.petsitters.org. Listen to the news. Two dogs rescued from a locked car. Emergencies can happen anywhere, anytime. They can even affect your pets. In other news, a local policeman saved a cat today. Being prepared and knowing what to do can be the difference between life or death for you and your pets. The same Red Cross you know and trust is the leader in pet first aid preparation and education. Look for dog or cat first aid guidebooks with DVDs online at redcrossstore.org or contact your local Red Cross chapter for more information. The Red Cross is helping protect our pets. Hey, Julie, you have to get one of these return WA pet tags for Daisy. Last week, Max got lost and was back home in just two hours. Really? How does it work? It's simple. Each pet tag has a unique ID number, which is linked to your name and number. If Daisy ever gets lost, the finder just calls Return WA's 1-800 number. It's totally safe, confidential, and rewarding. Check out www.returnmypets.com. Don't delay. Protect your pet today at www.returnmypets.com. Hey, you want to keep a secret from your dog? 
It's the new fish sticks from Canine Caviar. They're good for your dog's teeth, gums, and also his achy joints. And fish sticks from Canine Caviar are 100% natural, completely digestible, and contain no chemical preservatives, additives, or fillers, and they're low in calories. But don't tell your dog that. All they care about is that they taste good. Get your dog fish sticks at CanineCaviar.com. That's www.CanineCaviar.com. Hi, I'm Victoria Jackson, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Celebrating our connection with our pets. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Oh, happy Labor Day weekend. Hope you're having a good one. Maybe you're out barbecuing with the animals. Coming up next month, all throughout the month, all throughout September, we'll have your advance passes for Beverly Hills Chihuahua. This is the Walt Disney flick. These are advanced screenings before they'll actually be in the theaters. So you'll see them before everyone else. All the details coming up in just a couple of minutes. Vlade, the world-famous Russian dog wizard, is with us. Hey, Vlade. Hey, hey. Hello, everyone. I'm the Vlade, the dog training wizard. Or like the hell like to say, world-famous Russian dog wizard. And he's right. And let me tell you why. It's a rough world out there, son. It's dog eat dog. All right, you ready? Please listen. Now your host on Animal Radio, Vlade, the Russian dog wizard, the man behind the system and the phenomenon of the dog world. He's widely known as an international star in the dog training field. The former KGB dog trainer, Vlade, can turn the most notorious canines from around the world into loving companions. When Vlade speaks, everyone listens. Wow. Wow, is that new? Is that new, Vladi? Yeah. It sounds great. <laughs> I love it. Great, great. Uh, in Russia, we say every new thing is the well-forgotten one. Oh. Pet owners, listen up. If you live with your dog who is obnoxious, disrespectful, even hostile to you, or another dog, if you and you probably feel hopeless that nothing can help, think again. Vladi is here. So your dog's party is over. When you go Russian, any dog will stop fussing. Hi, who is this? Hey, I'm Karen from San Clemente. Hi, Karen. Thank you. Thank you for calling to Animal Radio. My pleasure to speaking with you. You too. I want to thank you for taking my call. You have a great reputation here. I'm excited to speak with you. Thank you. Thank you. Please let me know how I can help you. What is your problem? I have a three-month-old French bulldog named Bourgeois because he's French. Oh, boy. French bulldogs, they're dumb. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We know that. Go ahead. They like know. to argue a lot. Like they, like to bark, they like to bark back a lot. That's what I meant. Yeah, they do. They do. He just discovered his voice. Is, is, it, is it normal, you think, for the French uh, dogs? I think so. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm kidding. Go ahead. No, they, yes, it is normal. They like to lick a lot, too. Got a joke okay. for you, but that's for another time. Okay, licking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know what you, I don't know what you meant really by that. But yeah, you know, you it's do. like okay. <laughs> I'm. I'm not. I'm not the politically correct guy, and you. And you pushing me even more to the trouble right now because I gotta keep my mouth shut now. So go ahead. Okay. Let's stick to the dog. Okay. What training I need to give him a great foundation to become a great member to my family and the dog park? I love it. Uh, 
As soon as we finish this show, please, uh, my producer will take your address and I will send to you absolutely free my package, Obedience for Life, Dog Training DVDs. Um, wow. you, know, you know why? Because, you know, you know better than uh, president of this country how to talk to the Russians. Well, you said everything to me. You just praised. You said you're a smart guy. You're intelligent. and blah. Of course, now I'm going to sign anything with you. You're, you're like <laughs> my girls. Exactly. You, you're very easy to... To move, I, I can't say manipulate because I know you said it from the, from your heart, but you are good. But anyway, the great foundation is for the training. You, you know, what I see a lot of ladies, they uh, act more on emotional level. They try to be, uh, their relationship uh, mostly based on affection and not on the mutual respect. What I notice, a lot of dogs love the owners but have no respect to them because the owners do not demand for that respect. Sometimes you have to be the alpha female or like we say the top bitch because the thing is if you will not be if you're not going to lead your dog your dog will lead you. A lot of people asking why the dog does this this and that and then the reality is the real issue is relationship. You listening to your boss because you know your boss is the boss he giving you paycheck he can correct you for for fire you and such and such. Here's the same things. So foundation is important. Obedience training in the right way, uh, which we're, when you're promoting authority uh, through the training, you're establishing rapport. And after that, when the bad issue arises, like barking, uh, licking, <laughs> whatever you say, you automatically become authoritative figure in the dog's life. So, in other words, start with obedience training. This is going to be a root cause uh, solution to any of your behavior problem, a uh, major solution. And after that, focusing on your symptoms. So, you have a barking, the dog is barking, you said? Yeah. Okay. If the dog barks when somebody knocks the door, you know, a typical situation, somebody knocks the door and the dog, like, like, you know, and, and, and in order to do that, it's easy solutions to do. Uh, get a couple of uh, pop cans with the pennies. Don't shake them, please. Just toss it. Sometimes okay. it's enough toss next to the dog. And if it's not enough, don't get me wrong, because it's not about a hitting or something. You know, I don't afraid to say the things as it is. You probably heard me. Because I want you succeed. Because if you succeed, you will tell another people, hey, I listened to that guy. I mean, he says something, it makes sense. So you have to toss it. You know, the dog culture, they have some type of the term, tooth hit. So they approach to each other before the biting and to the shoulder blade, to the neck. They, they, they hit it with the teeth. You can imitate it with the pop can. Make sure it's not the brick. Make sure it should be very light. Maybe five, five pennies, not even co coins. And toss sideways without raising your hand toward the shoulder blade. If you touch it, that's fine. You know, and the dog momentarily will stop because, you know, it's just... It's just kind of tap in your neck, uh, in your shoulder. Hey, I'm talking to you. Something like that, you know. And, you know, if you miss it, it's fine. If you don't, you know, it will be even better. It's like a Russian anecdote. Like a husband got upset with the wife and tossed, pick up the chair and tossed toward her. She kneeled down and he hit mother-in-law. And he said, that, that, that is not a bad thing, too. So, <laughs> so, listen, I appreciate you calling. And... Um, uh, please stay on the phone. Uh, producer going to get your uh, information and send you DVD, Obedience for Life, absolutely free. This is the Vladi from Animal Radio. Uh, if you have an unruly dog, please give us a call. We are fixing here every dog at the time. Please call us at 866 405 
800-800-8405. This is the Vladi. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. It's Animal Radio celebrating our connection with our pets as we do every week. 1-866-405-8405. How was your pet this week? Everything okay? We'd love to hear. If there's a problem, well, if it's a behavior problem, we got Vladi, the world-famous Russian dog wizard for your dog. And if it's a vet question, we have Dr. Debbie here to answer any kind of medical questions you might want to ask. 1-866-405-8405. Coming up in the show. From Groomer Has It. Now, I know you were watching this avidly oh, I on loved Animal it. Planet. Yes. Did you see that show at all, Dr. Deb? I did. Fun show. Uh-huh. Judge Joey Volani will be joining us in just a few minutes here. Now, I noticed you weren't in the office last week. You were out of town, I understand? Yeah, I headed out to a, a vet conference, a little bit kind of a different one than you might expect as a kind of boring, stuffy, sitting in a lecture hall kind of conference. It was a conference for exotic uh, veterinarians. Exotic. Yeah. Now, is that like veterinarians and G-strings? What? <laughs> oh, that's a scary picture right there. <laughs> no. no. Exotic as in um, veterinarians that work on birds oh. um, and small mammals like rabbits and what we term as pocket pets. Okay. If, I don't know if you've heard that term before. Oh, yes. Now, does it take a kind of a strange breed to become an exotic vet? Definitely a different type of uh, crowd at those uh, conferences than in your general, uh, maybe cow farmer type uh, veterinarian. But it, but it's a really dynamic group. A lot of cool people from all across the country, and, and you know we had the most awesome things. You know, to think that veterinarians go to learn about critical care for rabbits, how hmm. to treat a rabbit in shock. I mean. It, Anything you can imagine in the human world, we have on the animal side. Wow. Now, it used to be years ago, cats and dogs were the only animals that went to veterinarians. But now you see everybody's bringing uh, more and more exotic animals, whether it be the iguana or the pocket pets, into the household. You have to be uh, really up to date all the time. That must be tough to stay ahead of the pack. It is, and that's exactly where a conference like this comes in, so we can kind of get the special training and and talk to people who have worked exclusively on a species. Because, you know, nowadays the whole definition of a pet is, is like you said, it's not a dog or a cat. And, you know, I have people who love their rats, and their rats are truly their children. So, you know, we really have to know what is the the top-of-the-line medicine and surgery we can provide for these guys because they are a family member now. Okay, well, if you have a question about your rat, your iguana, your cat, your dog, your fish, your horse, your bird, Dr. Debbie is here. 1-866-405-8405. And I Hey, very cool thing I want to tell you about on, on this uh, installment of Party Animal with your host, Vinny Penn. That's me. Yeah, I'm sure you animal lovers out there are well aware of this. But for those of you who aren't, I, I'm very excited to bring this to your attention. My sister and her children were visiting for the past two weeks uh, at the end of the summer here. And they put their new dog, Ringo, in a video kennel. And they were able to log on every day and check on Ringo. Uh, the the camera was aimed right at me. I heard my nephews, Ricky and Jay, what the Ringo's sleeping, Ma, look at Ringo sleeping. I mean, this is great for all of those people out there who still have a little bit of paranoia when it comes to, uh, you know, leaving the peppy. I, you know, all you do is have the kennel owner's words when you go back. I mean, 
the fact of the matter is uh, kennels are, are fantastic. There's more than enough loving kennels out there. But every once in a while, you know, you hear your horror stories. There wouldn't be 2020 or primetime live without those kinds of horror stories. What would Barbara Walters do outside of the view? Uh, um, but it was great now. There was so much peace of mind. The boys were worried about the, the, the Ringo every day. And to be able to tune in in the morning and watch him in action, watch him chasing a ball, uh, was great. I mean, every day they started off in a great mood, except for the day I had to explain to them what dry humping was and why Ringo was behaving in that manner. But uh, my sister Julie says they're going to resolve that issue as soon as they get home. Um uh, but nonetheless, it, what a beautiful thing to be able to tune in and see them playing and log in and and uh, their video kennels. Uh, they live out in Nevada, out in Las Vegas. So you'd think the boys would know about dry humping already, especially Ricky. He's 12 uh, and living in Vegas. Uh, but they've got to be all over. And if they aren't, they're definitely something that's going to be happening. Video kennels. It's peace of mind. For a couple of dollars, even if it's not a couple of dollars, it is peace of mind for your pet. Vinny Penn, Party Animal on Animal Radio. Hey, this is Cesar Milan. When I'm not doing the dog whisper, I'm listening to Animal Radio. Stay balanced. This is an Animal Radio News Update. Hello, I'm Kay Brown reporting for Animal Radio. A warning for pet owners, if it's hot enough for you to wear sunscreen put it on your pets too. The call follows the discovery of a badly sunburnt mixed breed dog in southern Arizona. The local Humane Society says the dog had a piece of rope hanging from his neck, leading them to believe he'd been left tied up outside without shelter from the sun. Tethering dogs is illegal in many parts of the world and even where it's not, it's a bad idea. Another warning, this one for cat owners, especially cat owners undertaking treatment for their shrinking hairline. An 11-year-old domestic moggy in Australia's capital city of Canberra was left gasping for life after playfully nibbling and licking her owner's head. Unfortunately for Luna the cat, she inadvertently ingested a chemical called minoxidil, the key ingredient in a popular hair growth product. Luckily, a local vet saved the day by encouraging Luna to lose her breakfast. In Britain, a prison officer and his sniffer dog have been transferred after a Muslim inmate complained about the dog's name. Officer Chris Langridge insisted that the prisoner had misheard him and that his Labrador was in fact called Ali and not Allah, which is the Islamic word for God. However, given that the high-security Belmarsh Prison in London houses more Muslim prisoners than any other jail in the UK, prison officials there decided it was prudent for Ali and his handler to work at another prison. Still in the UK, and a goldfish has become the star attraction at a Devon pub because it swims upside down and has done so for four years. Expert fish fans have suggested that the fish has a rare swim bladder problem, which could be easily rectified. However, the pub's owner says a vet checked it out and he's perfectly happy. Pub regulars like to joke that the fish is simply drunk. And lastly, there's been a dramatic development in the story about South Korea's first successful commercial cloning of a deceased pet. It now appears that the woman who joyfully embraced the cloned puppies is the same person who allegedly abducted a Mormon missionary and turned him into her sex slave in Britain 31 years ago. Bernan McKinney initially denied that she was the Joyce McKinney in the Mormon sex case. However, she's now told AAP it's her. But she says the reason she jumped bail all those years ago on charges of having chained the young missionary to a bed is that he was definitely a willing partner and not a victim. 
The now 57-year-old McKinney maintains there's no way little old her could have overpowered and raped a 300-pound man. Plus, she'd rather people focus on her joy in having the cloned images of her one true love, Booger the dog. That's our Pet News Wrap-Up. I'm Kay Brown, reporting for Animal Radio. For more information, go to pettalkradio.com.au. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at animalradio.com. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. 1-866-405-8405 to check in with us, celebrating our connection with our pets. It's about you and your pets. How are they doing this weekend? Give us a call. Let us know. I have uh, on the phone Deborah Howard. She's the president of the Companion Animal Protection Society, which is uh, acronym is CAPS. She's been doing this for a while, and I got a press release about errant voltage on manhole covers, and I wanted to get her on and talk about this. Hi, Deborah. How are you doing? Hi, how are you? Very good. Where are we calling you? Boston, Massachusetts. Boston. Now, this uh, errant electricity on manhole covers affecting animals. Now, am I getting the story right? Is there any correlation there? Well, it seems to be a real serious problem in New York City and Boston. Where is this voltage coming from? I'm a California boy, so I don't so understand this. I'm a California this. girl, yeah. Okay. <laughs> why, why would manhole covers have uh, be electrified? Yeah. Well, yeah, there, there's a, a, an electrical system that runs under the streets in New York City and Boston, and there's also metal boxes that have wiring underneath. And then um, sometimes lamps, uh, street lamps get removed, but there's still wiring underneath under the concrete. So, um, in fact, uh, a woman, a 30-year-old woman, a graduate student, died in 2004 in New mm. York City. Her dog stepped on the box, jumped in the air. They didn't die, but she was startled. The dogs were, something had happened. She stepped on it. She died. Mm. But it hasn't been remedied. Dogs continue to die. Uh, dog walkers, I mean, it's not even their dog. They're walking somebody else's dog. Um, we have incidents here where, you know, dog walkers are out and dogs in their care died. How, how frequent is this? I mean, really, how bad is the, the problem? Well, I, I mean, we're, we're, just, we're just starting this campaign now, but I would, I'm looking at the New York. I mean, we don't know because we only know the people that have come forward. I think it's probably a lot more common than you would think. And think about cats, too. I mean, the cats that are just running the streets and don't come home, how many of them have stepped on stray voltage? Um, I mean, there's probably at least a dozen incidents. I'm, I'm looking right now just in New York City in the last few years, um, probably about the same in Boston. Um, but, uh, you know, I became interested in this. I, I knew about it. I go to New York a lot. I've always these metal boxes and the medical, metal electrical boxes in the ground. I always step around them. What are you going to do if you're a dog walker out with six dogs? Step mm. into the street and get hit by a cab? So... I picked up the New York Post. I was on the subway in Boston. I read about Denise Buffa, a New York Post reporter. A year ago, she was at a park in Harlem. Her dog walked over wet concrete, uh, crumbled to the ground. Tragically, and there was an electrical, and there was a lamp there that wasn't grounded. Mm. This is, you know, ungrounded wiring is what it is. Um, the dog, what happens then when they're shocked is fluid starts to build up in the lungs, and it's irreversible typically. I mean, some of the dogs get shocked, but not seriously enough, not enough voltage. The dog didn't die for 10 hours. Mm. Is this seasonal, or is this going on all year All long? the time, especially when it's wet. That seems to conduct the electricity better. Well, what can be done about this? 
Well, we're trying to raise awareness. We're reaching out to various dog organizations, dog services, dog meetup groups, dog walking groups. We're going to be e-blasting all of them, uh, distributing literature. We're creating a website, a Facebook page, and um, we're going to have walks in both cities um, to really bring attention to this. Because uh, I understand that. I understand bringing awareness to it, but really yeah. what, is, what is the solution for the this? The solution is the electrical companies in the cities need to get together and fix the problem once and for all. That's okay. the solution. I mean, they, have, um, they did this after the woman died in 2004. They went through and, and looked at all the hot spots in the five boroughs in New York. Obviously, this is a problem that hasn't been fixed. And I think also maybe they're not taking it seriously enough because, after all, these are just dogs, right? They're not, you know. Ah. Oh, that's not true. <laughs> I would hate to think that's the attitude, but maybe that's it because, you know, in our society, dogs are looked at as a lot of times not like members of society, not like members of our family. We had an incident in Boston, in the Boston area, a 13-year-old boy walking his bo- boxer. The dog just dropped dead in front of him. I mean, how shocking is that? Ah, okay. Well, now this is just one of the one of the issues that your organization takes on. Yeah. We don't have a lot of time to talk about it. Okay, so can so our you- main issue is we're a national organization. Our main issue is the abuse and suffering of pet shop and puppy mill dogs. That's our main issue. And how can we learn more? There's a website? Caps-web.org. Okay, and we'll link to it from AnimalRadio.com. We appreciate what you're doing. Please keep us surprised to how we Can I go- also give you our teen college website because we're doing outreach for them too? Caps. Absolutely. And it's the number two, and then P-O-I-N-T, caps 2.0.org. Okay, good. Well, you're doing great work, and we appreciate it, Deborah. Okay. Thank you very much, Deborah Howard, the president of the Companion Animal Protection Society. Check out our website, all the links at animalradio.com. Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Jim Humphreys for Animal Radio. We live in an age of almost instantaneous information. Technology like the Internet has changed the way we think and educate ourselves. It's easier than ever to research topics and make decisions about almost any subject, even good medical care for both our families and our pets. But is that advice good? Searching for pet-related items on the web, you'll find everything from pet psychics to pet pharmacies. With this explosion of information, people might ask, are there Internet pet sites that you can trust, really? Is it okay to trust our pet's health to someone other than your family veterinarian? For most pet owners, their veterinarian is their primary source of advice, but... The urge and desire to save money on our pet's care is a big factor in deciding where to go for that advice. Just look at all the blogs, the chat rooms, and the message boards that offer all kinds of pet care information and pet health information. Anyone can post anything on the web. There's no requirement for that person to actually be an expert. And while much valuable information can be found, there's also much that is inaccurate or just plain incorrect or even dangerous. When it comes to understanding how all aspects of our pet's environment, genetics, physical health, and even mental and emotional health are related, your family veterinarian is still the best choice to provide you the answers you need. You see, veterinarians have either a DVM or a VMD degree. This Doctor of Veterinary Medicine designation is your assurance of proper training and the completion of a university-accredited curriculum. 
Knowing this, a good place to start to find accurate and up-to-date information on animal health is your veterinarian's website. Many will have links that are pre-approved veterinary medical sites, such as veterinarypartner.com, or sites associated with the nearest veterinary teaching hospital, for example. Additionally, your veterinarian's website may allow you to order common pet medications and other treatments online. Some may even allow you to schedule an appointment or ask advice. The biggest reason for visiting your family veterinarian's website is the comfort of knowing it comes from your pet's doctor, the one who knows you and your pet the best. This huge pipeline of information that is the Internet is wonderful. You have an incredible resource at your fingertips, but frankly, it should come with a warning label. Caution, the information you're about to receive or the products you may buy may not be right for you or your pet. For the health care of your special pet friend, don't rely on third-party resources of unknown qualifications. You, your veterinarian, and your pet are the best team to ensure your pets live a long and healthy life. For the Veterinary News Network at MyVNN.com, I'm Dr. Jim Humphreys reporting for Animal Radio. This is Fred Willard on Animal Radio. Remember to spay and neuter your animals. I've had it done to me. It's not that rough. <laughs> this hour of Animal Radio is brought to you by Return Moi. With Return Moi's service, pet owners know that if their pet goes missing, finders can easily and immediately contact Return Moi 24 hours a day. To learn more, visit www.returnmypets.com. Listen to the news. Two dogs rescued from a locked car. Emergencies can happen anywhere, anytime. They can even affect your pets. In other news, a local policeman saved a cat today. Being prepared and knowing what to do can be the difference between life or death for you and your pets. The same Red Cross you know and trust is the leader in pet first aid preparation and education. Look for dog or cat first aid guidebooks with DVDs online at redcrossstore.org or contact your local Red Cross chapter for more information. The Red Cross is helping protect our pets. Every once in a while, there comes along a special group of animal lovers that stands strongly in defense of the voiceless. Animal People is that newspaper for people who really care about the animals. Animal People is published ten times yearly. The publisher is a nonprofit corporation dedicated to exposing the existence of cruelty to animals and to informing and educating you so that animal lovers worldwide can eliminate such cruelty. Your subscription is $24 a year and is 100% tax deductible. Get Animal People's fair and accurate investigative reporting from the industry watchdog. Visit our website at www.animalpeoplenews.org. That's www.animalpeoplenews.org to subscribe to the news for people who care about animals. Animal People. Subscribe today at www.animalpeoplenews.org. This portion of Animal Radio is brought to you by NAPS, the National Association of Professional Pet Sitters. Let NAPS help you achieve your dream of a financially rewarding and fun job by providing you with the education and tools you need by visiting www.petsitters.org. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And don't forget, Vlade is on the way at 1-866-405-8405. We still have about 250 of these Animal Radio Pet ID tags 
free to you. Pretty cool. They have a number on them linked to a database. So if your pet is ever lost, they'll get home fast. And, of course, we say you should have a microchip and a pet ID tag. These are free to you. All you need to do is send us a self-addressed stamped envelope to Animal Radio Pet ID Tag, Post Office Box 197. That's in Shandon, California, 93461. All the details at AnimalRadio.com. Hi, who's this? This is John. Hey, John, how you doing? I'm doing well, and you? Very well. Where are you calling from? Well, I'm in Iowa right now. I live in Tennessee. I drive a truck. Oh, very good. Do you have an animal with you? Yes, I got two. Uh, two <laughs> little Pomeranians. Uh, one's a female. She's probably about six, seven years old. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The other one's a, a male puppy. Uh-huh. He's, he's probably about five weeks old. My question is, uh, or five months old, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, my vet and everybody's encouraging me to get him spayed. Get him neutered. You would get him neutered. Yes. Or neutered, okay. Uh-huh. I really don't want to do it. He, he's in a controlled atmosphere where he's not going to be running around. I really don't want to get him uh, neutered. Why not? Well, this is the way he was made, and, and he's doing real well he's not trying to mount my female and he's not marking everything and this is the way he was made i, I kind of wanted to keep him natural i'm not going to breed him though sure i understand that what's his name bailey bailey will be predisposed to uh, different kinds of cancers prostate prostate cancers as well as other health issues neutering and spaying and neutering is not just for population control that is one of the biggest misconceptions out there right now if it's done at the right time it can help you avoid a lot of cancers for females uh, ovarian cancer plus they just stay out of trouble too you know they're not out looking to uh you know get a little yeah and what people yeah. don't realize is that it adds almost two years to your dog's life two years you no, let that little guy around a lot longer what about uh, the other dog that you said seven years old has she been spayed yeah she she's been spayed mm-hmm. yeah and, and uh, that that was more because in a truck like this i couldn't have the issues with an unspayed female in the truck you know, oh. i didn't want to deal with that yeah you're going to still have similar issues yeah, you're yeah. going to have issues. You say he's not, you know, mounting your female or anything. He hasn't reached his sexual maturity, but he's getting close, and you're going to have some issues. And, again, if you want him to live a longer, healthier life, you know, you should get that little guy neutered. There's three good reasons for you to do it, besides okay. besides the birth control. Well, you're, you're right in line with everybody else I spoke <laughs> with, so I guess for his benefit I'll do it. Okay. Um, hey. he, he hasn't gotten too old. I mean, you said if he if it was done, you know, by a certain time frame. Like I said, he's probably five months. You can do it now. This is perfect. Great timing. timing. Perfect time. Yes. Okay. Well, we'll do it then. I'll be home in a, about a week or so. We'll make an appointment. Good, good for you. Yes, very good. In fact, can we send Bailey some toys? Do we have some toys? We no. do. What's your name again? John? John. John, hold on a second. We're going to send Bailey some toys there, okay? Kind of uh, post-neutering toys. You can't give them to him till, uh till he's been done, okay? Oh, he'd love that. <laughs> <laughs> hold on for one second. Thanks for listening to Animal Radio. Hi, this is Emmylou Harris on Animal Radio. Please stay and neuter your pet. Celebrating our connection with our pets. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. It's Animal Radio. You lucky devil, you. On the Labor Day weekend, 
And yes, it's true. We'll have your advanced screening tickets to Disney's Beverly Hills Chihuahua with Drew Barrymore. Ha ha ha. Andy Garcia next week and the following week and the following week and the following week all through September right here and exclusively your advanced screening tickets on Animal Radio. If you watch a lot of Animal Planet, you may have seen the hit series Groomer Has It. Coming up next week, artist, groomer of the year joins us. And before the show's over today, Judge Joey Volani. Right now, Vladi's making some miracles happen. Every day I have uh, some miracles and I do miracles. Let me tell you what I have just in front of me, my typical wish list from my typical pet owner. Here's his list of complaints. My dog ignoring commands. I have to ask him repeatedly. My dog is compulsive liquor. My dog is chewing and shredding everything in the house, including his bed. He's demanding. He's nesting constantly. He's jump. It is from one person, from one client, jumping on the beds uninvited, urinating in the house all the time. This is one client. One client. I gotta continue drinking excessive water, begging for the treats, aggressive behavior. He's aggressive. He's barking at the neighbors and barking at the neighbors' dogs. He's barking at the visitors at the dogs. He's uh, ripping up the lawn. You have to you have to help me. It's R I P T. Ripping up the lawn. Ripping. Ripping up the yes. lawn. I'm not, don't even know what that word means. Uh, sneaking up on the couches when we are not home and destroying them. He's unable to. <laughs> he's un- he's yeah, got to sneak up on that couch. <laughs> this dog's out of control. <laughs> unable to walk dogs. Unable to walk the dogs on the loose leash. Aggressiveness toward other dogs while uh, walking, barking, howling, pulling. And what- Vlade is listing a long laundry list of complaints that one of his clients has reported about their dog. We'll be back right after this. We would also like them to be... Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. Everybody's had trouble finding their car keys or maybe a TV remote. But when a California man lost his false teeth, he was convinced he didn't just misplace them. 68-year-old Bill Exner blamed the mouse. A mouse that Bill and his wife had captured three times, and three times it escaped. He last remembered seeing his dentures on his nightstand, and after searching all over the house for them, he convinced his daughter's fiancé to take a crowbar and hammer to the closet wall with a small hole in it where he'd seen the mouse run in. After tearing up some molding, the dentures were retrieved. Bill's future son-in-law suggested boiling the dentures in peroxide before putting them in. Bill's wife says the mouse frequently comes out and stares at him, taunting him. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. And welcome back to Animal Radio. Vlade, the world-famous Russian dog wizard, addressing all multiple complaints from one client. And whining, fighting over the toys, humping over the dogs, jumping on the people, not all the people, uh, and not all the time. We would also like them to be potty trained, to go in one area uh, in the yard. 
you know, our goal are to correct those problems so that our dogs and family can live harmoniously, to be able to socialize and blah, blah, blah. So this, this is the typical complaint. See, it's like, it's like hell bringing to me some patient, like I'm the doctor, and you bringing me some patient having 10, 15 cuts in the vital organs. What the Vladi will do? You think the Vladi is going to give him uh, medication for each of them? No! Vladi just put, sit them down and say, listen people, that's enough. You have to listen to me. I have a more answer than you have a questions. All this problem reflecting a couple of simple, simple things. Number one, this is the lack of authority or lack of their leadership on your part. Okay? If the dog thinks he's, this is his house and he's boss in your house, he's going to destroy and chew all your house. If he thinks you're the boss, he will think twice before doing anything here. Number two, it's a lack of alternatives. Not meeting the dog's major needs. A lot of people, Hal and Judy, they believe the dogs have just two major needs, which is pee and poop. It is not true. The dog have a, a couple of another needs, which is mental needs, physical needs, and social needs, mm. mental needs. I like to do something with their brain. I like to do obedience training. Um, so uh, After that, I like to do something with their absorbed physical energy out of them. I like to do physical exercises. Uh, fetch is the great game. You just you don't need even to break the sweat. Just go in your backyard, get some uh, balls, tennis ball, toys, just... Just, you know, uh, toss it all over and make sure, I don't care if the dog brings it or not, just have a couple of them and make sure the dog runs back and forth, runs back and forth without stopping. It depends on the breed. Crazy laps maybe can be running all day long in, 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 in the field, come back to you and say, <laughs> what we're going to do next? So don't, I love them, but they have this personality. So we need to exercise them more, like Chihuahua probably less, and so on. You know, and after that, when you absorb that physical energy and mental energy out of your dog's body and mind the dog you can meet the dog's social needs because you can take your dog with you people everywhere you go as in so many European countries because your dog is uh, will be a well-balanced member of our society loving member of society and we can trust him everywhere under any circumstance, and he becoming truly member of our family. That is my goal. My goal is not to having your dogs in the crates or being under house arrest or in your in your backyard. My goal to give them total freedom. But we need to sometimes take it away in order to give them something later on. This is the Vladi, and this is my last memo for today's show. This is the Vladi from Animal Radio. Well, that's it for this hour. If you're leaving us now, remember, you can get your Animal Radio fix online 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at AnimalRadio.com. Yeah, you didn't know we're streaming online 24-7? And don't forget you can sign up for the free newsletter at our super hip website. I told you every time you go to it, it pets my cat. Really, it does. We put a little mechanical arm on it every time you hit AnimalRadio.com. It actually pets my cat. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And you are? This is Mike. Hey, Mike. And I'm checking in outside of Cincinnati today. Cincinnati, Ohio. Are you driving? Uh, actually, I'm on the bus. Uh, I, I DJ clubs and actually DJ on uh, 
an XM station, Channel 67, the city. Oh, very good. Uh, what station? What uh, channel? 67? Channel 67? Yeah, 67. Oh, uh, 40 hip-hop, yeah. Okay, yeah. XM comrade, what can I do for you? I got a question. I have, um, I've, I've had Belgian Malinois for about, uh, some people say Malinois, I say Malinois. Uh-huh. Hopefully I pronounce it right. It I've is French. For, we love the French names. Yeah, yeah for, okay. for about eight eight years um, I've had them. Uh, well, actually, this one this one's about six and a half years old. My other one passed away not too long ago, so mm. he he got out and got hit by a car, and they just uh, left him in the road and kept going. So, uh. well, I was on the road a lot, and I moved from uh, a house to a, uh, a condo and couldn't have any animals at all, so I left them uh, with my parents. Mm-hmm. But now I have a house, so I'm back to taking my dog back over. Good. And um sad thing is, mom and dad are like, dog food is dog food. And uh, I obviously feel that it's not the same. I had them on, uh, on an IAMS diet before, the uh, active, uh, it was a green bag. It's like uh, for uh, large breeds. Uh-huh. And um, and I've had really good response with it. And they put them on this uh, old Roy stuff. Yeah, and I just, uh, it's like heartburn. And when I asked them what they had changed, they're like, well, we changed the food. Oh, no, we got a great deal. You know, you get 50 pounds for 10 bucks. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, get what you pay for. Nothing, you know? So, yeah. I said, I said, you try eating that stuff. So, um, yeah, it's what pretty I bad. Find out, yeah, I want to change, I want to change the, um, the food. Uh-huh. Uh, basically get him off of, um, off of this and back on the IMs. Is there any problem with that? And you want to do it slowly. Okay. Don't you know take away the old Roy completely and then throw in the Iams. What you want to do is take about replace about a quarter of the old Roy with Iams, which okay. you normally feed him. Do that for a couple of days and then start replacing like half the old Roy for a couple of days and then after a couple of days like three quarters to where there's just a little bit of old Roy and then after about a little over a week or two he'll be. Totally on the Imes and off the old Roy, but you want to do it slowly, not to upset his stomach. That's what I was wondering. I don't want to put him in any kind of uh, food shock or anything, I guess, you know? But, well, actually, um, he should be in the food shock going the old Roy direction. <laughs> is, is, yeah. There just, what, what's the deal with it? Just no, no nutrients or very little nutrients? In very there, little or? protein. You might as well eat dirt. Uh, you know, yeah. I think the, the general consensus is anything you get in a supermarket is not the best food. And at Walmart, I believe Old Roy is like one of the big uh, brands there. It has no nutritional value. We've never heard anything good about it. In Filler. fact, we've heard a lot of bad things about it. And as you heard earlier in the show, uh, Dr. Debbie uh, telling us that it is not one of her top foods either. So uh, it's definitely something you want to get off and get on to a good food, a food that you can either get into a, a pet store, a pet chain, or a local pet boutique. One of these foods would be much better for your animal. And, of course, if you could every once in a while give your uh, dog or cat just like a canned food, once a week yeah, maybe. Yeah, to mix it up, I, I try and do that. Now, I notice the dog also at the same time, uh, it just seems a little like, uh, I don't know if it's the food, I don't know if I blame it on the food, you know, I'm, I'm not sure, you know, but just doesn't seem as happy and peppy as it did on the IMs before. You yeah, know? Ma- imagine so, if you had a Big Mac every day for, for a yeah, year. I, okay, okay, so it could be. It yeah. was very well, very well the food. Yeah, I imagine his coat isn't that uh, as beautiful as you left it either. No, I, I, and that's one of the things I noticed. I was just like, I, I've always heard that, uh, you know, uh, uh, about the supermarket food, stay as far away from it as possible, you know. 
Yes, uh, well, this one especially. This one especially. And I understand we just got in this week that there's been a, a recall on some pedigree food, too, which is also available at uh, Walmart and the supermarkets. And you can find out about that recall at AnimalRadio.com. But thank you for bringing that up. What is your name? Little Mike. Little, Little Mike. Mike. Yeah, I'm out of the uh, Baltimore, Maryland area. I do uh, a lot of the clubs, and then I travel on the weekends and do them all over the country. Well, you're up early, Little Mike. Yeah, I'm, uh, we, we did a gig last night, and I said i got to get back early. So. <laughs> Well, thank you for calling in, and thanks for changing your dog back to some good dog food. We appreciate it. Love, love the show, and I wish you guys could be on uh, seven days a week. We're working on it. <laughs> All right. Thank <laughs> okay, you. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye, Bye-bye now. one 405 8405 Hi, it's Lisa Laporta from HGTV's Design to Sell for Animal Radio. Please stay and neuter your pets. It's Animal Radio, one 405 Dr. Deb joining us. Besides the excitement of a uh, minivan driving through your office, I understand you had a ferret there and it had a urinary blockage. We get so many calls about ferrets, and I guess oh, they yeah. have the same problems that cats and dogs have. Yeah, really similar, and they're cool little pets, it, and it's unfortunate they get bad diseases. Um, but yeah, we had this little guy who could not pass any urine, so he's been in the hospital for quite a few days, hopefully making the turn and, and turning around. Uh, is, that, cool uh, little food, fella. is that food that causes that, his diet? What causes a urinary blockage in a ferret? Well, the number one thing, especially in male ferrets, is actually a problem with their adrenal glands, and it causes their prostate to swell up. Um, so that's the biggest uh, cause of that. And in some cases, it's just uh, kind of the lower urinary tract type problems, kind of like in male cats where they get plugs or stones, things like that. So, uh, yeah, there's a whole gamut of causes, and ferrets love to get more than one disease. So they're always a challenge to work with, but I love them. Let's uh, go to the phones, whether it's an iguana, a ferret, a cat, or a dog. Dr. Debbie is here. Hi, who's this? Oh, uh, yes, this is John. Hi, John. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Very good. You're on with Dr. Debbie. Uh, yes, I have a question. Uh, my, I have a, well, actually, I have two Shiba Inus, and uh, one of my Shiba Inus has developed uh, Cushing's disease. And I just wanted to make sure um, I, we've been, um, uh, I started off with homeopathic and then, uh, you know, doing with changing the diet research on the internet and then, uh, started with Anapril, which didn't do anything. Now I'm doing, uh, Charlestane, which I had to get from the UK. And mm-hmm. I just want to, want to know if, the, what else can I do for my baby, <laughs> for my dog? Uh, I oh. just want to do the best for him. Um, I just noticed that, um, well, we noticed that he had did, the reason why I found out because the over excessive panting, aggressive eating, um, just couldn't settle down, um, losing muscle tone in the rear legs, um, and now I'm on the trilostain, and we're still in the process of kind of regulating what the dosage. We've just uh, you know started off low, and I've just increased it, and we'll be getting some blood work this week from my vet. So I just want to know what else. Um, not many vets know much. I mean, it's very weird. Uh, I've called all around vet schools around the country, emailed, and it seems kind of a fairly new thing in animal in dogs and how to treat it. Yeah, well, it, it's a definitely a tough disease, and and um, I was going to ask you how long did it take from your first concern? To oh the point gosh, where uh, uh, months. 
I mean, uh, I we we actually I thought it was di- he was because di- he was drinking so much water. I thought he was diabetic. Went in, found out uh, something with the liver enzymes. My did that we and I had always done. He's he's twelve years old, so he we've done a lot of geriatric testing in the last uh, since he's been nine. So mm-hmm. each year, my vet noticed some enzymes were out of whack. So he actually caught it. Um, and uh, then while he has pituitary uh, cushions, they found that then he had seven, bl- he had gallbladder stones, so they had to cut him oh open. Oh, my goodness. And, yeah, so he's been through a lot. So he, that oh, all happened in April. Yeah, that happened in April. So the Anapril didn't do anything. Um, so we're doing the Trilostane, which seems to be helping. I mean, he still seems to be drinking more than he did before. Uh, it, it took less than a year than the cushions. Uh, by the time I noticed him um, drinking a lot to wear the muscle tone, and he started losing weight, even though he was eating so much and so hungry. So, okay. Um, and was he having any problems? Because a lot of pets with Cushing start to have some hair coat loss or well, get what we uh, call a pot belly. Yes. The pot belly, no. He didn't get that because I read a lot about that. But see, after he had his gallbladder stones uh, taken out in April... His hair has not grown back at all. So he has this big bald spot on his, and he's a white dog, so he has a pink belly, so I call him Little Piggy, Little Piglet, because he looks like Little Pig, uh, because there's no hair, he has a pink skin. The hair is not growing back yet. I know that affects the hair growth. And, and there are a lot of different therapies out there for Cushing's disease, kind of starting yeah. on the milder end of things. Sounds like you kind of started with Anapril. Um, yeah, it didn't work, that, yeah. And for some dogs, if we're just looking for a control of some of the clinical signs and we're not really ready to commit to the level of monitoring and care that some of these other medicines require, it's a good place to start. Um, but it may not help every dog. So um, you may be familiar with Lysodrin, um, which is the kind of the old standard for treating yeah, Cushing's yeah. disease. And it's basically, when you look at it, it's truly a chemotherapy drug in a sense, that it's actually trying to uh, destroy those abnormal cells in the adrenal glands. Um, so, yes, there can be a lot of side effects. Um, in, in proper management, it's a wonderful drug, and it can help a lot of pets. Um, but it does have, um, you know, it's definitely downsides. Um, you mentioned another medicine, which is actually the treatment of favor um, for a lot of veterinarians now, and it's called trilis. Um, I've had definitely good success with that. And some of the patients I put on that have remarkably improved to the point where um, I had a client ask me if I could get it for her. <laughs> she was wanting to get her um, get up and go up going again. Um, <laughs> But that, that medicine, um, I'm very comfortable that we have fewer side effects with that. Um, you still need to manage it with your veterinarian, and they have to do what they call the ACTH stim test and, and monitor those values so they can get the right dosage. But I love the drug, and uh, it's actually being compounded now in the States. So it does take some doing to get it in, but um, if you work with your veterinarian um, in potentially a compounding pharmacy where they make that up, um, it's a very reasonable uh, way to manage Cushing's disease. Um, and hopefully you'll see less problems with the panting, uh, the water intake. Um, a lot of dogs will even have some breathing problems where they can um, you know, have labored breathing, coughing, things like that. So um, I think you're 
you're heading down the right way there, John. I guess if I was going down the right path and just making sure um, with the toilet stain, that, that's what I, from research, that I thought was the best, and I just kind of wanted to, I guess, <laughs> just to get a confirmation, yes or no, that was kind of going down the right road. So. Well, absolutely. That's what I'm here for. So if you've got questions, you want to know, are you heading down the right path? Give me a call. I want to talk to you at one 866 405-8405. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. Matthew Harris, a researcher at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, has discovered chickens with something extra. Teeth. Lots of teeth. Some scientists believe that ancient genetic DNA tendencies can resurface after being dormant for years. Tooth growth in birds has been researched, debated, and often ridiculed for 200 years. Harris and his partner were researching a mutant strain of chickens who rarely survive when they discovered the teeth, which look a lot like baby teeth and alligators, which happen to be birds' closest living relative. Why these particular chickens develop teeth is unknown, but Harris says it's like finding gold in a bathroom. Or finding teeth in a chicken, I guess. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. Remember, the advice you hear on today's show is for entertainment purposes only. Please be sure to consult your own vet regarding your pet. This is Nancy Cartwright, the voice of Bart Simpson, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Don't have a cow, man. Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just by eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Protect your dog and your family by deworming your dog twice a year with Safeguard Canine Dewormer. For more information, visit www.safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E-G-U-A-R-D.com. Hi, I'm Jay Moore, and as a sports fan, I can tell you there's nothing quite better than spending a day in the park playing catch with a beautiful lady. Like Shirley, my dog. Listen, adopt a pet. They are the most loyal companions you will ever have. Visit Pets911.com or call 1-888-PETS-911. Hooray! For more information, go to Pets911.com. Proud to be a partner of Animal Radio. Hey! You want to keep a secret from your dog? It's the new fish sticks from Canine Caviar. They're good for your dog's teeth, gums, and also his achy joints. And fish sticks from Canine Caviar are 100% natural, completely digestible, and contain no chemical preservatives, additives, or fillers, and they're low in calories. But don't tell your dog that. All they care about is that they taste good. Get your dog fish sticks at CanineCaviar.com. That's www.CanineCaviar.com. Buddy, don't do that. Don't worry. Lots of dogs eat grass. Didn't you hear? Dogs can get worm infections from eggs and larvae in the grass. Those parasites can even infect humans. I know. That's why I give my dog Safeguard Canine Dewormer twice a year. It's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major intestinal worms that infect dogs and to protect my family against infection. Where can I find out more? Just visit www.safeguard.com. That's S-A-F-E hyphen G-U-A-R-D dot com. Celebrating our connection with our pets. 
from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And from wherever you're listening, we're hoping you're having a great Labor Day weekend. Many of you swimming now. Now coming up in the Springfield, Missouri area this Tuesday, they have the fifth annual dog swim. Now get this, before draining the public pool for the season, mm-hmm. they let the dogs swim and allow the an opportunity for unleashed dogs to play and swim freely in the fenced pool area. Wow. Something probably, they couldn't probably do it during the... Uh, during the high season because, well, you know, there's dog fur. You, I hate the smell of wet dog. Let me tell you that right now. Uh, we Who do we... We have Anne-Marie McGrath on the phone with us. Hi, Anne-Marie. Uh, Hi, I'm sorry, it's Anne-Mary. Is that correct? That's correct. This has been going on several years because I hear it's really popular and you actually have to RSVP for it. <laughs> yes, you do. This, this is our fifth year, like you mentioned, um, and it is. Unfortunately, in Missouri, we do have to close our pools because um, winter will be coming and mm-hmm. school starting. So... Monday is the last official day that the pools are open to the public. And in our park system, we have seven pools. And the pool that we are using is actually our largest pool and offers amenities that, are, that work well, lend itself to this event. We have an accessible ramp. So dogs that might not be comfortable jumping into the pool can actually walk into the pool mm-hmm. on an accessible ramp. We also have a large-size kiddie pool that the small dogs can use. (laughs) So we really um, kind of make it open, equal opportunity for all sizes of dogs. How many dogs show up for this? Our first year in 2004, we had 100 dogs. Wow. Last year it rained, and we had 150. (laughs) Oh, okay. So we're expecting, and and trust me, that's a a good size amount of dogs, plus their handlers. So it's... um, it gets a little crazy, but the dogs love it. We actually, we stop putting chemicals in the pool. Oh, good. So, so we don't uh, harm the dogs in any way. Okay. We also, our operations staff will raise the water level of the pool, so it's right up to the pool deck. Mm, okay. So, again, easier access for the, the canines. Oh, that's a good idea. And then we'll put a platform in the, they install a platform in the center of the pool so they have something to swim to. Now, some more some dogs are more uh, predisposed as good swimmers, and some not so good. Do you notice that there are like more labs or more golden retrievers there? I haven't noticed a particular breed. I think it has more to do. We're surrounded where we are in Southwest Missouri. We're sur- surrounded by a number of lakes and rivers, mm-hmm. um, and so dogs are used to the shoreline mm-hmm. and going into the water. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a different um, type of entry for them, a different type of water. So I think most people find it's not necessarily breed specific, but just what they've been used to. And I think as dog owners, we're always looking for ways and opportunities to socialize our pets. Absolutely. In and fact, this, this brings up at a point that you're trying to raise money for a dog park there, aren't you? Well, that's what this whole genesis of this event was. We have a very involved Citizens Dog Park Committee that came to the park board back in 2003 with an idea of building an off-leash dog park. And this has been five years in the making. Mm-hmm. And obviously a lot of hoops had to be jumped through, no pun intended. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have really taken the lead on the fundraising. And so they came up with a number of events, you know, small events, big events, anything canine-related that we could raise money towards the dog park. And this was one of the events that they came up with. Okay, so, so how much does it cost to bring our dog in? It's $8, one dog per, per handler. We try not to uh, – an owner can't necessarily keep track of – 
of more than one dog. So you can bring you can bring your family, you can bring your friends. Um, so it's eight dollars. We do require that you provide uh, a, a report from your vet showing that you have had specific shots. So there is some paperwork required, and that's what we do re- recommend that they register in advance because the check-in process is much quicker once they've pre-registered. And so we can get them their IDs and get them in to the facility, into the pool deck. We bring our lifeguards on, which are trained and certified lifeguards in the pool system, our aquatics division. And so we have lifeguards on duty. We have about seven to ten full-time staff working the event, plus 16 to 28 volunteers who now, roam the pool. Speaking of staff, and, who's going to take the hair out of the pool after this is uh, all that done? That would be an operations <laughs> staff um, <laughs> duty. <laughs> I'm sure that they, they enjoy that, but that's why we wait till the pools are closed for the end of the season and before the pools are drained. Do you have someone on staff who can do mouth-to-snout resuscitation? Well, I don't know that they can do that, but I know that they're trained specifically. They, these are lifeguards who have done this event before. And so they have brushed up on, you know, some canine um, emergency services if we need to. Okay. And the website, I see, parkboard.org. That's correct. We have a dog park link, and under that we have a list of all of our dog canine-related events and certainly our cruise dog park, which is currently under construction, and we expect to open later this fall. Fun stuff. I'm, uh, you're going to have to send pictures, okay? I'm, you know, I have some pictures from last year, but I certainly would be more than happy to send you some pictures for this year. Okay, we'll, we'll post all the information, including those pictures at AnimalRadio.com. And, Mary, thank you so much for joining us. Have fun. Thank you, Hal. Thanks, Judy. Really appreciate it. one 405 Yes, you heard right. All next month, Walt Disney's Beverly Hills Chihuahua tickets, advanced screening tickets come out of your radio into your hands. All the details on the way, exclusively on Animal Radio, by the way. Joey Volani from Groomer has it, our special guest this week. He's on the way right now, Vladi, the world-famous Russian dog wizard, answering your questions. Hi, who's this? It's Joe. Hey, Joe, how you doing? I'm I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Seattle. Ooh, beautiful Seattle. You are on with Vlade, the world famous Russian dog wizard. Hey, buddy. We got a question. Hello, Joe. Here. Hi. Just Hi. first of all, please let me know if is it true so in the Seattle uh, just rain, rain, rain every day. No, that's a big lie. That's how we keep people from moving here. <laughs> I love it. I, I love, love it. it. <laughs> okay, Joe, go ahead. Recently, <laughs> recently I left. I went on vacation. I took my dog to a kennel, and normally everything is fine. You get back. My uh-huh. dog can't wait to see me. Um, this time, I don't even know my dog. He's not listening to me. He seems to be rambunctious. Um, it's like he changed. I wasn't really gone for, for that long. Have you ever seen that? Um. If any changes in your environment, like maybe changes in your family structure, maybe in your schedule, maybe some changes in your life uh, happened at the same time? No, I I don't think so. Um, It was the same kennel? Same kennel, yeah. And I don't know Mm -hmm. if maybe there was a dog there that picked on him or or what, but he just he's real rambunctious now. He's just not listening. He just seems like a totally different dog. 
Okay, I mean, uh, uh, Joe, it's easy to fix it. Uh, basically, you need to show him you're the boss again, and this how maybe he was running the show back there. Maybe he had a couple of dogs who were really low-ranking uh, member of the pack, and he took all type of advantages of them. And uh, now, you know, he came back. You're the top dog. You need to show him. So you're the boss, and all what you need to do. I, I just, uh, just, just please listen this advice. Go to your local pet store uh, and just buy two th- basically uh, from the pet store two things and another thing you're going to get from the hardware store so from the from the pet store get two things please number one uh, leather leash six foot mm-hmm. number two uh, what, what, what type of the dog you have what breed black lab Oh, Democrat one. <laughs> okay. They are nuts. They are, they, I love labs. They can be running through the glass door, not realized there is a glass door there. Uh, black labs, they never have any problem with aggression. That's what I really get. I mean, I'm not breedist or racist yeah. or things like that, but I see the colors on the, of the lab is really affecting his personality. I haven't seen Joe even one aggression in their black labs, but I see it again and again in the yellow lab, unfortunately. Mm. Yes. Interesting. So anyway, uh, so so what I would like you to do, you go to the local pet store and get the uh, pinch collar. You know the pinch collar which looks ugly and like yeah. scary. Yeah, but don't worry about this. You know, sometimes it looks ugly, but in reality, it's very, it's a very humane device because it's a mimic the doggy mama. The same thing that doggy mama does, just snaps around uh, the puppy's uh, neck. And when you open your dog's ma- uh, mouth, you will see the same uh, pinch color <laughs> imitation. So it's the same thing. It doesn't poke. It doesn't do anything. It's a big misconception people have. Uh, you can put on your own neck and your own hand and pull it. You will see it's a very gentle uh, in, in comparison and chalk color, which is looks nice, uh, from my perspective, is uh, ca- quite dangerous. I saw a lot of uh, uh, dogs were injured by the chalk color, never by the prong pinch color, because it's like uh, like a doggy mama, and it's spreading power evenly. You don't need, even need to use any power when you use, you use the pinch color. And the best will be from Germany. Um, the one German German version is the best. Uh, it's a more solid, yes, uh, because it's not made in China. It's made in Germany. It's like a Mercedes type of the color. They very solid. It's like steel, you know, not scratching, nothing. Very very humane color. So, and uh, make sure put the color on leash and and, and uh, just walk around your house. If he's ahead of you, turn around and with your left hand just just uh, flick. Like a, like a create, like a surprise factor. Just snap and go to the opposite directions. So the dog wants to be the leader. You turn around, snap, go to the opposite direction. So he thinks he's the leader. You becoming the leader. Make sure the leash must be slack. It's a key, slack all the time. So will, if you make a couple of those turns, he's going to walk with you as the puppy. So after that, teach him sit, stay. Uh, focusing on the sit, stay, it's important because one minute sit, stay, Joe, takes as much energy out of your dog's mind as one mile to run, you know, and the walking in your house through the structures is more important than walking five miles outside because as he walks in the structures, which is next to you on the slack leash, he's thinking, he's working. You, you can do it even better if you put on top of him backpack, 
backpack, like Cesar Milanova suggested, yeah, yeah. but put some weights. You can get a couple of uh, vodka, uh, acafinas in the pocket for the weights. Yeah, Russians Did you say everything vodka? with that. Yeah, <laughs> vodka would be fine. I always well, have vodka, vodka balls. For me, it's easy. For me, it's yeah. easy to put. I, I never have a caffeine in my house. So put it in and walk with your dog back and forth. It really will draw this this energy out. I would really suggest to to gra- grab and find the crate because you gotta put him in the crate maybe five six times per day for forty minutes. Like get him in, get him out. Make sure he's waiting before you get him out of the crate. You can reinforce it with your crate door. Tell him wait. The same things before he goes outside and inside of the house. Wait. So this like de- uh, de- uh, delivering strong message in um, this is little signals. So do everything together, and I promise you it's gonna work. It's if it, if he was good dog before, he can be a good dog again. Thank you so much, Joe, for calling us. And please let everybody know. So Vlad is here every week and taking the questions and um, my methods. <laughs> always have a sense and they always works um, but you just need to work thank you so much this is the Vladi from Animal Radio Animal Radio is being brought to you by the American Red Cross providing you with information and training to protect the dogs and cats you love for more information visit redcross.org or petcentric.com a proud supporter of the American Red Cross this is an Animal Radio News Update Hello, I'm Kay Brown reporting for Animal Radio. Saudi Arabia's religious police have banned the selling of cats and dogs or even exercising them in public in the capital, Riyadh, in case men use the animals to, heaven forbid, make a pass at a woman. The Supreme Council of Saudi Scholars says the ban will be rigidly enforced and anyone found breaking it will have their pet confiscated by the Saudi religious police and the would-be flirtatious male forced to sign a document saying he'll not break the ban again. Apparently, the ban on dogs and cats being seen in public is part of an attempt to curb increasing pet ownership, which the Islamic conservatives fear almost as much as other corruptive Western practices, such as fast food, jeans and pop music. An increasing number of forgetful cats in Britain are being diagnosed with mental health conditions similar to Alzheimer's disease. According to a new study, more cats are displaying behaviours such as inappropriate vocalising, forgetting commands, breaking house training, pacing, wandering, sluggishness, decreased grooming or confusion, such as forgetting that they've just been fed. Edinburgh University researchers believe that improved diet coupled with less exposure to the outdoors means that cats are living much longer, so they're suffering similar age-related brain degeneration as we humans do, particularly cats over the age of 15. The good news is that researchers also found that environmental enrichment, which is a fancy way of saying interacting with and playing with your cat, dramatically reduces the risk of them suffering dementia. It's also good for cat owners. U.S. federal and state authorities are investigating a series of fire bombings in Santa Cruz, California, thought to be the work of animal libbers opposed to the use of animals in medical research. Two bombs were ignited outside the homes of two researchers from the University of California, one destroying a car, the other setting the front of a house on fire, 
forcing the researcher and his family to flee from an upstairs window. One of those targeted, UCSC biologist David Faldheim, performs research on mice to understand how brain connections form during development. At no time do the rodents suffer any pain, and the work is deemed crucial to saving the lives of future generations of people and animals. Still in Santa Cruz, but on a cheerier note, the community has hosted its first ever dog show with a twist, with the world first competition, Best Kisser. That's right, more than 60 dogs vied for titles, including Best Dressed, Best Name, Best Singer, Longest Nose, and the crowd favourite, Best Kisser, which was taken out by Yoshi, a Chihuahua Cross. Not all dogs are so friendly, just ask famous British TV presenter and dog judge Peter Purvis, who's nursing a nasty fang mark in his hand after a three-year-old called Buster lashed out. Purvis was guest judge at a Norwich mongrel dog show called Scruffs, and Buster, a JRT crossed West Highland Terrier, was in the running for the Most Handsome Dog title. Purvis, who's judged the prestigious Crufts dog show for 29 years without injury, was treated at a nearby hospital but returned to finish the judging. Funnily enough, Buster didn't get a look in. And a dog at a southeast Kansas zoo has adopted three tiger cubs abandoned by their mother. Staff at the Safari Zoological Park feared that the cubs would die, but figured it was worth a chance to see if a golden retriever who had recently weaned her own pups might take on the tiger cubs. Luckily, the dog's maternal instincts kicked in, and the cubs are now thriving. And lastly, science is always interested in animal procreation. Well, we all are, really. So it's with great delight that New Zealand reptile experts have announced that a 111-year-old Tuatara, one of the last living dinosaurs, is about to become a father for the first time in decades. Henry and his much younger girlfriend, Mildred, produced a dozen eggs last month after mating in March. Curators say Henry hadn't shown any interest in sex until recently, but then he had cancerous growths removed from his genitals. They say although Henry's now enjoying the company of three female tuataras, he's not into speedy relationships. He's not expected to breed again until next March. That's our Pet News Wrap-Up. I'm Kay Brown reporting for Animal Radio. For more information, go to pettalkradio.com.au. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. I know I don't have to tell you this, but remember to have a safe and happy Labor Day weekend. Now, all next month, Tickets to the advanced screening of Beverly Hills Chihuahua. This is the new Walt Disney flick. Oh, I can't wait to see it. And it features great actors like Drew Barrymore, Andy Garcia, all doing voices of chihuahuas. <laughs> and we have your tickets before they're in the theaters right here on Animal Radio. Keep listening for details all throughout the month. Dr. Debbie's answering your questions at one 405 8405 Hi, who is this? Hi, this is Carol. Hi, Carol. How are you doing? I'm doing okay, thank you. Where are you calling from today? Uh, the northern Arizona mountains. Arizona's close to my world here. <laughs> okay, where are you? I'm in Las Vegas. Oh, okay, yes, you are close. So what's on your mind today? Well, I have a feral cat. I live out in the forest, and I have a feral mama cat. Uh, there's many abandoned animals out here, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, I was hoping that there would be some way that I could maybe give her some oral contraceptives. I cannot catch her in a humane trap. I've contacted all the agencies locally, 
nobody will do anything but loan me a humane trap, which I already have. And uh, okay. I, I and I you didn't, didn't want to use that. I have used it. I've tried to catch her for two years. <laughs> so, so she's was, very clever at escape, then, huh? Well, she's very clever to have stayed alive this long in this area with coyotes. So she's no dummy. And is it just the one cat that you can tell, or is there a group of them? Well, there's males that come around and continually impregnate her, but she's the only one. She lives under my house, and uh, she keeps making babies for me. I have four more now, and I try to find homes, but it's not easy, and all this, the, the no-kill shelters here are full. There's nobody that will take them, oh, and so I'm desperate to get her fixed. And I was kind of hoping maybe there was an oral contraceptive or something that I could put in her food. I don't know what to do. I can't catch her, and I can't kill her. No. And, and you know, this raises several different points, Carol. Is One is that cats that are feral are really, like, truly the homeless of the animal world. And it, without someone like you to step in and be their advocate, there's nobody. And they are to the forces of nature and uh, coyotes and um, in cities, um, vehicles and all sorts of, you know, the hazards of being outdoors. So without you or someone like you or an agency to step in, these cats are really left there out on their own. And obviously she's found some uh, some haven in your home environment or around your home. So, um, so I commend you for that because that's a big thing. Um, but there is the big challenge of, you know, some of the methods we've got to control overpopulation in pets is obviously not working. And uh, the spay, neuter, trap, and release programs are great if you can catch the cats. And I think you're saying that that, that isn't always so easy um, with the either equipment failures or just the, the ingenuity of the kitty that they're just too smart to fall for going into that um, into the trap. Um, there are some things that are kind of out there um, as far as developing oral contraceptives. And some of it, um, there are some reports if you kind of look on the Internet, and there are some things out there where um, some people have put together a type of oral contraceptive for cats and have promoted it. Currently, there's not a lot of good um, information on this, and there's actually more uh, side effects and hazards with that. Um, the medicine is actually one called Ovaban, and it used to be used for contraception preventing pregnancy, um, but it causes bad things like uh, mammary tumors, it causes types of infections in the uterus, and uh, you know we don't want to like cure overpopulation by creating disease and, and, and suffering for pets. So some of those things really aren't readily available because there's so many shortcomings of that um, technology at this point. Um, and there are some cool things maybe in the horizon that we could be looking for in the next few years. Um, there's some cat groups and some veterinarians that are actually working on a vaccine to try to sterilize um, cats, and, and that may be something you know we might be seeing in a couple of years. It's basically what they call a GnRH vaccine. Still have to catch the cat to give it to them, but that's something that may be in a kind of a stray group. Um, you know that can be done. And um, as far as for your kitty, that do you have cats of your own? Oh my goodness, yes! I, I have eleven of her offspring over the last five years, and I've just been given four more. And, oh, my uh, goodness. And, you know, and there's organizations here that have been giving me free spay and neuters for all the cats, but now those are not even available anymore. There's such a high population of uh, surrendered animals that nobody's doing anything anymore. And I'm in a small yeah. community, so it's not like Los Angeles. 
Yeah, and in definitely in, in a bit more rural environment, that could be more of a challenge. So definitely, I, I, I wish there was something we could tell you that's going to be safe and effective to, to put in the food. And at this time, there really isn't. Um, you know, there used to be some things out there for dogs that were used. Uh, and, you know, people who have heard of something called Neutersol, many years ago, there was an injection that you could give to male dogs. Um, as horrible as it sounds, it was an injection into the testicle that made them sterile. And there's a a lot of research and a lot of people looking at this, trying to find other ways to spay and neuter animals without having to go through the surgery. Because as you're seeing, you know, there's the, the cost of that. There's the, the difficulty catching the pet uh, or the animal. Um, so, um, yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot of things that are, are challenges on this topic. Are there organizations maybe nationwide or other than my local area? Because I've already tried them. That would help with spay and neuters of some of these kittens? National organizations may not necessarily be the ones we need to be looking at. Probably more community-wide or statewide. Um, the Alliance for Contraception in Dogs and Cats is a group which um, they do have a website. You can go on there. Um, I believe their website is uh, wwwacc D.org. I know that in northern Arizona, the Best Friends is located there, and they do a lot of spay and neuter. Well, they're actually located in Utah, just right there on the border, and they do a lot of spay and neuter in your area there, and you might want to contact them, uh, the Best Friends Network, and we can give you that information off air if you'd like that. That would be wonderful. Thank you. I appreciate it. We got, we got to get her spayed. That is so oh important. Oh, my goodness. Full-time job trying to find homes and keeping all these babies. Absolutely. We commend you. Uh, go give them all a hug from all of us at Animal Radio, one 405 to talk to Dr. Debbie right now. Have you been dreaming of that special career that not only offers you great financial rewards, but is also really fun? You've found it. Pet Sitting is becoming one of the fastest growing home-based businesses in the country today. NAPS, the National Association of Professional Pet Sitters, can help you achieve that dream. NAPS will provide you with the education and tools you need just by visiting www.petsitters.org. That's NAPS at www.petsitters.org. Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just from eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Ew, gross. Thank goodness there's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major worms that infect dogs. Safeguard K90 Wormer. Just sprinkle it on your dog's food twice a year. And that's it? Yep. For more information, visit www.safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E-G-U-A-R-D.com. It's the best way I know to protect my dog and my family against intestinal worm infections. Every year, there are millions of pets in animal shelters across the country just waiting for a loving home. I'm Mike Farrell with a very simple message. If you're thinking of getting a pet, please adopt. To easily locate your closest place to adopt, call Pets 911 toll-free at 1-888-PETS-911. It's easy, it's free, and it gives a pet a second chance at life. Together, we can ensure a better future for our pets. For adoptable pet listings in your community, go to Pets911.com. Pets 911, proud to be partnered with Animal Radio. Fido Friendly Magazine. <laughs> Perhaps you can do without it, but for kibble's sake, think of your dog. At last, a voice for us traveling canines. Until now, few have taken mobile pooches seriously. After all, who appreciates warm shelter and a comfy bed more than a dog? Fido Friendly, the travel magazine for you and your dog. A quarterly guide to Fido Friendly accommodations in the United States and Canada. 
Because if Fido ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Subscribe at FidoFriendly.com. Your dog will thank you. Celebrating our connection with our pets. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Animal Planet's rumor has it Judge Joey Volani is on the way. First, you. Who's this? This is Bob. Bob, how you doing? Pretty good. How you doing? Very good. Where are you? Uh, just crossed the California line, Arizona. Going uh, east or west? Going west. Going home? Yeah, heading home. Be there in about three, four hours. Very good. What can we do for you today? Well, I got a four-month-old uh, AKC Golden Retriever named Buddy. Oh, cool. He's a handful, too. I bet. But what I was curious about is your uh, chips that you implant in them. Those microchips. Yeah, I was thinking of getting one through AKC, but I got to talking to my vet. They don't really scan those unless you ask them to or tell them the dog has a chip. Well, yeah, it's it's mostly for the shelters to scan when it arrives at a shelter or someplace. If it gets lost and arrives at one of those places, they'll scan them. Why wouldn't it be practical for whenever somebody brings a dog in for the vet to scan him and make sure it's his dog? You don't have to do it where the guy knows about it. He can do it, you know, covertly. Uh, Bob, Bob, this sounds like a personal situation. Did you run into this situation? No, no, I just got to thinking about it. I mean, I, I, I got I was talking to my vet about it, and he told me, well, we we never scan them unless the people tell us they have a chip and they want us to. But I said, well, as many people that goes through his, his office... And as many dogs that are stolen that I read about in the paper and everything all the time, you know, lost or stolen, and it just ain't practical that somebody comes in and you, you scan the dog. Sure. Well, I'm sure there are uh, hypervigilant veterinarians that will do that, or just vigilant veterinarians that will do that, and of course it's becoming more and more of an issue as dogs are being stolen now. Uh, yeah. but, but that's why it's really good to have the microchip, just in case your dog is stolen, uh, whether it's a purebred or not. So I'm, I'm hoping you got it, right? Yeah, I've got it, but if it was stolen, the vet's not going to know unless I call the vet. I'd say, hey, start scanning all the retrievers. Give me a good mind stolen. Yeah, you do bring up a very, very valid point. Can I ask one more question? Yes, sir. Real quick, is the, is the vet still there? The vet, she, she just actually walked out. She heard there was oh, free... Maybe, maybe you can answer it. Yeah. I feed my dog uh, wellness. You've yes. wellness, right? Yes, I that, have. That's pretty good food, isn't it? It is a good food. It is a good food, and you know well, we don't we don't really endorse any foods here, but there are a few good foods, and that is there's just so many out there, and so many people tell you. I mean, vets, everybody else, they try to sell this brand and that brand. You don't know what to give them. Yeah, yeah, and sometimes they get real finicky, or they uh, they won't eat the brand that you want them to eat. But usually, well, I, I find that the brands that you can get, I think, with the exception of Wellness and maybe Natural Balance, but those brands are usually found in uh, smaller pet stores. If you can buy it at your grocery store, it's usually not a good food. Yeah, well, I don't. I get it at Petco. They they carry Wellness, and I get it from there. How's Buddy reacting to the food? Oh, he loves it. He loves that uh, People Magazine. He loves People Magazine. Better than he does his food. <laughs> what, does he read it while he's on the road? I don't know if he reads it, but he sure eats the heck out of it. <laughs> Any particular people, like the one with Paris and the dog on the front cover? Uh, I hope he eats Paris, but you know, on the front cover. But <laughs> we got we have a uh, little waiting pool we got him, and he lives in that thing, and usually takes all his toys out there and puts them in the pool with it. How cute. I can just yeah, picture that. Like I said, he's a half. Well, he's light golden, and he's, he's a trip. I got him when he was six weeks old. Does he like traveling? Yeah, pretty much. Most of the time, he just lays down in the back of the of the forerunner and just kind of hangs out back there. Just like being with Dad, wherever Dad is, huh? Yeah, he's kind of crazy. <laughs> but he's, he's pretty smart. He, he learns quick. Very good. 
Well, give him a big old hug from all of us, okay? I'll do it. When I get home, I'll give him one from everybody. Thanks for calling, Bob. All right. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. All right, bye. It's Animal Radio. I understand dog father Judge Joey Volani is on the way to the phones right now. First year calls. 1-866-405-8405. Hi, who's this? Linda. Hi, Linda. How are you doing today? Good. What's your question? My dog is five and a half years old. It's a miniature schnauzer, and she woke up with her eye rolled back and with white membrane over it. And she also, uh, I tried to feed her something she can't chew. Mm, Okay. You You need to get to the vet. Where are you located? We're in Kearney, North Carolina right now. North Carolina? Yeah. Okay, you're a driver, I take it, huh? Yes. Okay, I have a list of emergency clinics that are probably open right now. If you want to hold on, I can put you on with Judy, and she can give you a list, okay? Okay, thank you. Hold on for one second. Yeah, that is something that you need to check out immediately right there. If you uh, Go ahead and pick up that phone there, Judy. If your uh, pet's eyes uh, are rolling back, and perhaps that's a sign of a stroke, uh, something's happened overnight. This is something that uh, can't wait. You do need to get to an emergency vet. And there's some great lists of emergency vets uh, online as well as in the Pet ER Guide uh, written by Melinda Lord. I'll put all the information up at AnimalRadio.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Judy, I know you're fielding a lot of calls about Walt Disney's Beverly Hills Chihuahua and Animal Radio's advanced screening. That's next week. We'll take calls on that next week. We'll give out tickets for the whole month of September as well as movie t-shirts and packs. The Chihuahuas will rise. (laughs) Once again. You're thinking of getting a Chihuahua, huh? Yes, I am. I think we need one here in the studio. I don't think we need a yappy dog around here. Oh, no. I think there's enough noise around here with a yappy dog. Mm. Oh, is he on the is he on the phone? Yes, he is. Oh, okay. Can we have his music? This is his music. I asked for Godfather music. <laughs> Guido. Yeah. Oh, God. The Dogfather, Judge <laughs> Joey Volani. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Good. Very well. You got a pretty busy schedule since the show ended. You know what? I've been I've been very busy. I have to be honest with you. Um, you know, just going to shows and just doing a lot of things. It's been fun. Now I understand there's going to be another casting for uh, Groomer has it, and I want to talk about that in just a couple of seconds here. But I got to ask you: Did you know? Did you know that it was going to be artist pretty early on? No, absolutely not. Um, quite the contrary, to be honest with you. Um, I thought artist would, was going to go rather quickly, and you know what? He just fought his way through. He listened to everything you had to say. And on the last day, he was the better groomer that day. Okay, yeah. from the beginning, who'd you think was going to pick it up? I thought Jonathan would. I really thought. I thought. I thought Jonathan. I thought Kathleen would give him a um, a little bit of a challenge, and I thought Amber would. Okay. And of course, Amber was out fairly early on, wasn't she? Yes, she was. Yes. I'm going to say maybe about the fourth episode. Do you think America became very sympathetic to artist when he uh, pretty much handed it over to Jorge with uh, that adoption event? You know what I believe? I, I definitely think so. I mean, it was it was it took a big person to um, really put everything on the side and say, "Listen, you know what? This means more to me than um, the fifty thousand dollars in the grooming van. It's, it's it's a morality thing." And um, I really I really think it was you know it was it was a great thing to do. 
Season two, you know, as these go through the seasons, the competition always gets stiffer. You remember, like, the first year of American Idol? It was, you know, a couple of singers that maybe could carry a tune. Oh, boy, I'm going to get notes about that. <laughs> but uh, but it, it's gotten progressively better over the years. Are you expecting a lot of competition for season two? Well, I certainly hope so. I know that there's definitely a lot more interest of people applying to, um, you know, for season two. I've been getting a lot of calls myself, being that we've taught thousands of students. My students call me up saying, what do you think? Should I, um, you know, should I put my application in? And, and I think there's, I, hopefully it's going to be great. I think there's going to be a lot more stiffer competition and, you know, a lot more going on. What are you looking for for season two? Well, if it was if it was completely up to me, um, you, you definitely want some really good groomers on there. But you also, you know, you want some personalities. You want to have fun with it as well. Um, I'm, I'll be looking for someone who can groom, someone who has compassion, you know, and someone who has a little personality to themselves to step it up a little bit, make it a little bit more exciting and jazzy. Now, I guess the casting calls going on during a, the uh, is it the grooming expo that's happening this September tenth through fourteenth? It's Groom Expo in um, Hershey, Pennsylvania. It's a large grooming comp- um, conference, and um, yes, yeah, some of the casting um, um, is going to be done there. How does someone get on it? Let's say if they're listening now, they're a groomer listening now, and they want to be a part of this. Well, there's a couple of ways. You can go to um, Animal Planet's website, which is animalplanet.com. You can go to our website, which is nashacademy.com. Or you can go to um, um, Groom Expo or the Groom Expo website as well and, and have all the information on there. Download an application, fill it out. Um, I believe you have to do a short little video of yourself and your grooming day and I send it in and then it's, it's up to the um, you know the, the people who are going to um, do the casting if you go to Nash Academy you don't have a you know that extra in do you no, unfor- no, I don't have that extra in. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, we gotta keep it. We gotta keep it as clean as possible. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't want to cross you. I'm telling you that right now, though. <laughs> How was it working with like some of the other judges there? What was uh, Xavier, Xavier uh, Doc Halligan? Doc Halligan, of course. Who Doc was Halligan and I had this love hate relationship. That um, she was wonderful, but we came from two separate worlds. Um, she comes from the veterinary world. I come from the grooming world, and um. Sometimes we don't always click real well. Um, we love to disagree. So we disagreed a lot and had a lot of fun with it, but she was wonderful. And Xavier comes from the, from, from the handling world, which is completely different as well. They look at things through totally through a purist eye, and um, there's a lot of things that they just don't accept because it's, it doesn't conform to the parameters of the AKC. Mm, sure. What kind of animals do you have at home? I have three Karen Terriers, two of which were rescues, and I have an umbrella cockatoo named Gurney, who's the boss of the house, um, <laughs> over, over my wife and myself as well. She runs the household, and, um, you know, she, she runs the dogs as well. I was just handed this. I'm supposed to mention this. You're going to be at a uh, party, 4420. I guess, is this a, uh, I just got the information this, just now. This is at, at Groom Expo. Um, it's, it's Friday night at Groom Expo. And um, it's going to be um, some of the people who are um, the contestants from, from Groomer Has It from this past season and myself. And we're going to have a, um, a welcome party, actually. It should be a lot of fun. Okay, and I see you can get more information at www.groomexpo.com. Joey, we appreciate you spending time with us. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. And you know what? Watch Groomer Has It. It's a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to the next season. Judge Joey Volani on Animal Radio. Thank you very much.
This is Animal Radio Network. Network.